Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week, we are looking at each other's horror hot takes. Now, Bobby, do you want to tell us about horror hot takes? Yes. So all over the internet, you will find hot takes regarding anything. Um, And the horror community and horror films are no different. So I thought, I mean, obviously, everybody is allowed their own opinions on films. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of, it's a bit of like a tongue-in-cheek episode. And we're creating and fostering a safe space where we can (laughs) share some of these, you know, tongue-in-cheek, just a bit jokey. Some of our thoughts that maybe are a bit out there or maybe aren't so popular. Yeah, so it's it's controversial opinions, basically. Yeah. It's it's ideas that are going to probably, some of you go, what the fuck are you on about? Some of you will be like, oh shit, that's so true, or I think the same thing. Uh, we we might get hate for it, but you're free to share your hot takes yeah. on our Insta and our Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Plug uh, straight in. Yeah, plug straight in. <laughs> and uh, so, so just if you aren't familiar with hot takes, um, they're often, as this website I'm reading is, they're often controversial. They're often open for debate, which is what we will have today. Um, they're often something many people can relate to and they're interesting to talk about. So this example, a hot take is that podcasts aren't worth listening to. But I say nay. I say we are worth listening to. And make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. But there are some such as, you know, Marvel movies lack imagination. Uh, Game of Thrones was overrated. And then I miss bootleg jeans from the first time around. (laughs) Crocs are a must-have footwear. You can wear denim on denim. Uh, that is a hot one there. Denim on denim. Yeah. And um, obviously, probably one of the biggest ones is that pineapple does belong on pizza. Um, it, it does belong on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought we would... Um, Love a bit of pie, Hawaii. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Um, <laughs> so we thought we would uh, look at some horror hot takes, some of our own kind of slightly controversial opinions, but we do it a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit funny. Um, so I don't know if you want to Again, kick off. That's your, that is based on opinion it as is, to how yeah. funny it can be. I, I, I think I'm going to let... You, Rob was the one that came in hot with this one. I came in he hot. Won this. He's, he's coming hot. We might be leaving here hot. Um, so I'm going to let Rob throw in his first. Now, this will offend you, and you will probably try to attack me for saying this. <laughs> Um, and that is that the uh, Child's Play franchise isn't very good and that the Child's Play remake is far superior to the original. Okay, well, to be fair, I actually, I actually, thought, I actually thought about this because I know that there's a very hot opinion on like People love Child's Play. They love the whole franchise. Some people love certain parts of it. Some people are not so much into the earlier days of like Charles play, but they're very much into like the Chucky and Tiffany kind of yeah. era. You know what I mean? They love that. You know, I've, I've done that Halloween costume. <laughs> me and Charlie have done the yeah, type yeah. Chucky and Tis- Tiffany. Um, however, I wouldn't say um, for me personally that I am completely like, I'm not completely like devoted to the franchise, but I do. And I do you, enjoy, you enjoy the this. You enjoy I, the I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed the original uh, trilogy of the yeah. films. I like Charles play. Uh, uh, Charles Play 2 and 3 um, it's definitely the, the ones that got a little bit more out there that I'm not quite as keen on as they went on later on the, yeah. um, the Seed of Chucky and you know Bride of Chucky it, it's very um, 
yeah, I don't know. There was something so like as if it was trying really extra hard to kind of take that kind of Freddy Krueger nightmare and Elm the same way that had gone. Yeah. But it kind of had this extra twisted kind of dark humor to it. But I don't know, there was just something that just threw me off about it. And then obviously we got the cheap, the cheap ones after that, the cult of Chucky and all those yeah. kind of ones, which are are okay. I watched those recently. They're all right. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a mix. But in terms of the remake now it's controversial to just say that that's a good film it is it's not just controversial to say it's better than the original <laughs> yeah whether it's better than the original i don't know but i personally really enjoyed the new yeah. one and i really enjoyed mark hamill's take on exactly. jackie and i think it, it showed where the franchise could go by bringing it into a modern kind of the sci-fi element of it i yeah. thought was a cool idea and well for me i like the, <laughs> uh, yeah, i like brad Dorian. Um, and I, I think his voice work as Chucky is the main point, is the best thing about it. Unfortunately, my kind of thing is, and I know this is kind of hypocritical because I, I love a lot of slasher films, which are effectively the same thing. But for me, there's only so many times I can watch a film where the you know Chucky is killing people and nobody believes the main character and he pretends that he's a doll when he's not there. You know, there's only so many times I can do that. So for me, I watched the first one. I thought it was okay. I thought, um, ah, what's his name? The guy who, uh, oh, is it Jerry? He played Jerry Dandridge. Um, it's literally it's on the tip <laughs> of my tongue. Is this in the original film? Yes. No, he, he, he played the detective in the original in Fright Night, he was uh, Jerry Dandridge. Oh, I can't. Um, off the top, I'm. I'm. It's Chris Sarandon, I believe it was. Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um. Yeah. Chris Sarandon. Um. So he he plays it, and I think he's he's a good character. The rest of the film, I don't think is that good. Now, why I like the uh, remake better is I think that uh, I like the Toy Stories feel more. I love Toy Story, not Toy Story, Small Soldiers. Yeah. I love the Small Soldiers feel. I love that we actually got some kills. I actually think the kills in the uh, remake are better than the ones in the original. I think there's some better scenes than the ones in the original. I just think it's it's genuinely a better film. And I watched <laughs> it. And that's the thing. I know you got it for me for on Blu-ray for Christmas one year. And I heard people were saying, oh, it's like, you know, it's dog shit. It's the worst film ever. Yeah. And it's the worst remake ever. And I missed it in the cinema. And then I watched it and I was like, I've enjoyed this more than the original. I've watched it more than the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely find <laughs> it better. Um, but then even uh, to, to throw the, the spanner in the works there, but then even before the remake was ever made, you weren't a fan of Charles Play. I thought, so you wouldn't really have watched it no. very much anyway. But the, the remake... The remake, there were there was definitely something fun. There was something I think that built into it a bit more. That the the child the child kind of aspect, the 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 boy that has the toy in the yeah. in the remake is is a little bit more developed than it is in the original film. And yeah. you know, a, a lot of the elements of how Chucky's actually alive. Obviously, it's more of a robot kind of sentient. But the way it uses technology and stuff, modern technology, to yeah. part of the kills and stuff, I think is a really cool is a really cool idea. Um, but yeah, I don't know this because obviously you've got the original, which is you know is obviously a product of its time, and it's uh, it's a uh, film you know to create the doll effects they do is still pretty oh, spectacular yeah. in the original. Um, I'm not sure that they can do so they can do yeah so they can definitely do much easier nowadays to make a doll come alive. 
Um, I don't know. I I I like them both. I, I can't like. I'm not split. I don't know if I've seen the remake enough, or actually watched the original enough to make a, a complete lined up <laughs> thing and say I agree that the remake is a better film. Um, I know why a lot of people don't like it. They like the kind of the the cult status within the original. Yeah. They like the and the literal cult kind of the the Brad Dorif's character becoming Chucky and it being yeah. more of that than it just being a some kind of sentient kind of being that overtakes Chucky kind of thing I think is what a lot of people think takes away from it but no it's a, it's a it's an interesting hot take <laughs> it is an interesting hot take overall a lot of people say that you know like for instance we've we've recently watched um Hellraiser 4 and a lot of people say that you know the Hellraiser films are like you know one of the worst franchises out there but so far I've thought that the hell I've only you know I've only seen four of the Hellraisers I've seen all of the uh, child's play films apart i haven't seen the new series which i've heard is really good in all fairness and i think if you enjoy it it's probably going to be banging yeah, but yeah i so far i prefer the hellraiser and i think it's stronger four franchises in where we've all four episodes in where we've already gone to space and we've already gone to oh, four films yeah, four films and i don't know why i said franchises episodes i don't know why you never got to just film yeah <laughs> my brain just isn't working um and so far i think it's much stronger than than uh, Child's Play slash Chucky. And I'm not a big fan of the Chucky character in general. That's my first hot take. You can get yeah, your pitchforks yeah. and, and kill me. All you no, want. There's, definitely, there's something about, I don't know, there's something about the original trilogy that I really like, the whole following the story, like the story of the boy and, you know, all of those kind of parts in the element. They're, they're so very 80s, almost so oddly, that reminds me almost of like a karate kid or something like yeah. that as a franchise. So, yeah, no, there's something that I, I quite like about it. I've got a soft spot for that kind of area. Where I find them, and I think I found them quite easy to watch. I could probably watch them over some other ones, which would probably be its own controversial opinion. Over to you, your first hot take. My first hot take. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead into a similar kind of area of view, and okay. I'm going to start with a remake of one that I think is trashed on, which I don't actually think it should be. Um, I'm going to say Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Is not. I'm not saying it's better than the original. Oh yeah. But I am saying that Jack O'Haley is a, a good Freddy Krueger. I I would agree. And I don't think. I think it's it's sad that a, a good actor coming to a role <laughs> like this. And I do think there's a there's an element that crosses across between the one that you've just done. And I think it is a general consensus that in the horror community, if we change one kind of classic actor, the idea that it's pretty much trashed on before yeah. I think it's given a chance. And yeah. I think Jack O'Hurley was was trashed on before he was even given, anyone had even seen the film, they were already trashing on the fact that he looks a certain way. And yeah. to be fair, the way that Freddy Krueger is going to look is completely defined on how the person looks and the stem, therefore you can't make him look like Robert, Robert Englund. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know he has a certain kind of odd kind of aesthetic to the way the face looks. It, it's kind very of CGI and he almost looks like, it, it reminded me of uh, Reptile from Mortal Kombat. You know, he <laughs> kind of looks like very, a bit lizardy and a bit, I, I, I would, I wouldn't say he, I would say he kind of looks a bit, a bit bland, I think. You know, it doesn't quite look as grotesque as he should do. I don't think he... Yeah, no, bad. I think there is something to the special effects that, that could have been improved. Yeah. But this, this is the problem. Yes, there's something about the look, but I think in the way that he portrays oh, yeah. the character, and I think 
the backstory that the remake gives him. I think I could. I think the remake is also, and another hot take within this is, I think the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is pretty much scarier than almost, except for maybe the original. I think it's scarier than any of the other. That's films. That's a, that's a I, I think most Nightmare on Elm Street films are not <laughs> actually very scary old. I don't think that it's, no. it's a scary franchise in general. I think that Dream Warriors has its parts. Dream Warriors is bang. You know, yeah. and I think the first one definitely is scary because yeah. the tone is very different. He's only slightly tongue-in-cheek, but we've talked before about how this franchise goes off the rails. This is the first one in a long time that actually returned to the idea of the nightmares and what can be so scary about the nightmares. And I think a lot of them waste the opportunity in the franchise. Oh, no, I'm with you. And I, I just, it's one franchise out of all of them that I, I think apart from the way that it acts in the original film, I don't think any of the other ones are actually particularly scary. And I think there's something that's brought to the remake that has a very dark and scary aesthetic to it. And Jack O'Haley as Freddy Krueger has a very dark personality. There's, there is a, yeah. there is a, there's still, they do do add a slight humor at times but, but it's is very minimal yeah. closer to the original film obviously because yeah. this is a remake but they do try to bring in original like like some original ideas but also it's more the fact they give him the backstory of is he was he this predator or was he not this predator yeah and that's played up a lot more in the remake and i think it just adds an interesting angle to the film yeah that i think is just I don't know. It brings something out more interesting in the franchise. And I would have been more, I wanted to see more of where that could have gone. Yeah. Instead of just, yeah, we've just trashed it and brought it out, you know, because it, it's odd. I think it was more the, the community that kind of trashed it so much that they decided not to give it another go. Kind of yeah, thing. No, I'm with you. As well as just like Friday the 13th, there are certain legal rights that have been there <laughs> fucking around with them for years. It, it's a good take, though. You know, yeah, and I think I agree. I, I, I do have my own hot. That's the thing is when we talk about it, and the good thing I think that the quite interesting thing about doing this as a little feature is that when we talk about it, and we're not going really deep into the franchises, we can get our own little hot takes out. So yeah. my my hot take of Nightmare on Elm Street is that um, new my new Nightmare isn't that good. <laughs> I genuinely, I think it's yeah. You've mentioned, really you've mentioned that one before as well. Yeah, it has its moments, but yeah. overall, but that was that one again is going to because really for a lot of people that a lot of people they consider that pretty much the best apart from the original. Basically, yeah. they consider anyone that was Res, Wes Craven directed is the best of them. And I, I would agree. I, I, I there are certain I like about it because it is a very meta film. Like it's a me- it like meta. It's 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 it, kind of it's, before he perfected it with Scream. Yeah. how to do that, and that wasn't fully him. That was Kevin Williamson writing as well. But it's that link of I do agree at the same time that although I like New Nightmare, just like majority of it in this, it, like I'll come back a little bit later. Is the fact that the majority of them are just actually really not very good films. The majority yeah. of them are in in Nightmare on Elm Street. The majority, and I think personally, I really like Dream Warriors and parts of. The parts of it, although I still wouldn't say it's a perfectly made film. There yeah. are still some big errors in there. But the original film, I think, is the only truly great film. I, I'd say it was kind of this. I think Dream Warriors is, is a pretty close as well. And I, I think that that's why I think the, the remake is far too trashed on for a franchise that, let's be honest, to be honest, the original film barely even relies too much on Robert Englund's Freddy Krueger. And it's the best in the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. The more we saw of Freddy Krueger, 
the worst the film's got, to be honest. I no, I agree. <laughs> so there's several Nightmare on Elm Street hot takes that you can take out of that. You may completely disagree with it, but that's why it's hot takes. If it's making you hot, it's all right. You can pause. Yeah, you can <laughs> you pause. You can stop. Don't, don't destroy your phone. Don't <laughs> yeah. smash. Don't go straight to smash mode. Yeah. <laughs> we will not release our addresses so the mob cannot yes. find us. We're, we're releasing this from a secure bunker. Yeah, we will not take any insurance claims on whatever damage you do when yeah. you're listening to this episode. And uh, do not come and smash us either. (laughs) This is meant to be a peaceful, uh, a peace, a place of peace that you can release your ideas. (laughs) If you were here with us, you can say them. Say it out loud to yourself now. Yeah. Well, say it out loud. And now realize how weird it is that you just did that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my, uh, my second hot take, and this is more about kind of a studio in general, and it's that uh, Bloomhouse should get the same love that A24 gets. Because A24, yeah. whilst you know, being a very divisive production and distributor, um, people either love it or they hate it. A lot of the time, I see Bloomhouse being shit on as you know, releasing just trash after trash after trash film. But honestly, I think, I think Jason Bloom, is, he's one of the most positive and one of the most influential figures in modern horror. He's kind of turned, you know, micro-budget films into massive blockbusters. You know, he started with stuff like um, Paranormal Activity, yeah, which I think was something like um, $150,000, and then it went on to make however many. And if you, if you look through the, the films that Bloomhouse have produced... So 2009 would kind of be when it starts off, and that's paranormal activity. But then in in you know in the 2010s you had uh, paranormal activity two, Insidious. So he was giving some love to um, James Wan, Lawless, Sinister, The Bay, Dark Skies, Lords of Salem, The Purge franchise, Oculus. You know a lot of Mike Flanagan's early films yeah. for Bloomhouse, and Mike Flanagan's massive. <laughs> um, Ryan Murphy has done films with him, like Lee Wayne Waynell. You know the not just the new Invisible Man, but the old one, yeah. Creep, which is an absolute classic there's low honestly there's so many films that have come through bloomhouse and he yeah i think he made like a, a shitty comment a few years ago and people were like why don't you you know have as many films from female directors and i think mm. he said something along the lines of like you know women aren't really in horror and there's not many female directors about and yeah it's a shitty thing to say but then he probably didn't know any but then he got introduced to loads and he start you know they've now started to work together yeah but he's i think and he, you can see how that comment could be taken the wrong way yeah when he's saying that like he i think i i don't want to read it to what really what but if i hear that comment in my head i'm thinking i'm thinking it's someone saying that it's although there are a lot of female directors there aren't a lot of female directors not a lot of female directors want to be horror directors. They Maybe. want to be a different kind of director. So yeah. Not that there's not many directors out there <laughs> who would want to, like, he'd give a chance to. It was more like a, that's kind of what I would yeah, read. No, that, yeah, that could be an interpretation of it. But Again, that's my interpretation. That's your interpretation, <laughs> yeah. That's your take on it. <laughs> but honestly, you know, I think that, like, Christopher Landon, if you look at the films that Christopher Landon's done, who is one of the, kind of the, I'd say he's, he's Happy Death Day, isn't he? He's Happy Death Day and Freaky. 
and both Blue House, House, you know. Yeah. And both of those were incredible films. And he's one of the newer ones. They do um the they do the from the Bloom House once a year where they release like four kind of on Amazon. On Amazon, horror yeah, films. in the UK. Yeah, and you can get I don't know them. if it's the same place in America, but yeah, it might be. But um, you know, I can't say I, ha- I haven't watched many of those ones. Um, some people did say that that is that for a year is a dumping ground for the ones because he does still have quite a pickiness. He will basically pump yeah. a small amount of money into a film and they'll look at it. And if he doesn't think it's got any um, value in the cinema, then he he won't put it in the cinema. Yeah. So that's kind of what he does, which is fine because. But however, um, and so I'm I'm completely agreeing with you on this. Yeah. Um, that and so first uh, I've got two things to point to this. Yeah. The first thing is that I completely agree because one, he has created a horror business. He is Bloomhouse. I think is the is the major part of why horror has become big again. I think it is a major thing because all he does is take a small amount of money and he will just give people their projects to go off and make their projects. And he has created this huge amount, like the amount of films that they've made in the years is incredible. The amount of films I've actually made because they will pump. Sometimes it will be in the lowest, like less than even less than a million. Sometimes it will be a couple of million, but he won't go over a certain amount of money because he believes they can make it for a certain amount of money for a horror film and they they can make a good one, which yields the idea that he gives creative and he gives pretty creative control to the director, which is a very big thing nowadays when a lot of places won't and they will come in and cut your film to bits because, oh, now that's not going to work for this audience. He'll make the film at the end of the day and then he will make the choice at the end of the day, right? This is not. We're not going to pump the extra money for advertising it to make it into cinema because it's just it's just not going to do it. Kind yeah. Of thing. Uh, then some of them absolutely, and then look at the amount of profit that they've made off of that. Which again, and all of that money, yes, gets pumped into. I'm sure lots of people who <laughs> earn a lot of money, <laughs> but then a lot of that money gets gets pumped back into horror. And it's the fact that we've got a company is almost completely purely horror based, yeah. and that he's continuing to make this, which like. There are some films that they've made that are not well, they, horror. I know there's a few Flash, there, like Black Flans, I said Lawless. I think well, that's not Lawless. Horror, like yeah, that. but <laughs> there's not there's not Lawless. too many of them. Um, yeah. Which is the same with A24, and then which I think is a good it's a good segue because my well let me have one last. Oh no, one I, I want to stay on the oh, house thing. Okay. I just want to say so you could say you. I was just going to say because I feel like it's weird to then go on to a, a point that is pretty much linked. Is that my hot take is that A24 mainly makes uninteresting and unfun films. Okay. <laughs> and we'll come back to that yeah. in a second. I'll let you do yours. Well, for me, it's that, like, recently we've had a big boom in horror in the cinema. I mean, I think, like, five or six horror films this year have gone, have debuted at number one. I think, yeah. you know, I think I know Scream has, Halloween Kills, maybe Barbarian, Smile, maybe someone else. Yeah. Um, which is a massive amount. And I partly I think, you know, we had uh, we had a big influx of remakes in like the early 2000s. We did, you know, we had a lot of original films, but we also had a lot of backing of remakes and that kind of stuff, you know, like yeah. Platinum Dunes. And then I think people or studios, more should I say, got the impression that horror doesn't make money you know they were pumping large amounts of money into horror films that weren't bringing back yeah. revenue so naturally if it's not making the money they're not going to be spending the money mm. and i think with bloomhouse because they showed that you could make great films on 
I wouldn't say sh- shoestring budgets, but on lower budgets, yeah, it's it's shun it's shine shun more light or on other independent horrors, and now more people will want to see horrors, and more studios are taking the chances. I mean, yeah. like Terrifier too. Mm. I think it was made on like a two hundred and fifty thousand budget, and it's gone on to make like five million. I would not be surprised if Terrifier Three is under Bloomhouse. You know, because they can pump, you know, if he's made a, a film that's attracting that many people for that much, mm. even if, you know, Jason Bloom said, I give you a mill, which yeah. is four times your original budget. Not only do you get, you know, um, are you going to have a bigger budget? You're going to have more distribution and you're going to have a bigger marketing force. Behind yeah. you. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Yeah, there's, if- a, there's a big, obviously, with that one right now, because a lot of people won't review it. Like a lot of critics and stuff aren't reviewing it because they're like it's basically just lower form. Yeah. Like it's like I'm not doing like a director TV movie and this is basically what it is to me kind of thing. Even though a lot of people love it, I yeah. haven't seen it yet. Um, I've but, seen it, but. but it's but yeah, it is that kind of big push. I believe that one's actually bloody disgusting. Actually, yeah, bloody disgusting. That one. They're the ones that pumped yeah. most of the money into it from their own oh, to wow. get it made. So I think it's their own production that they're trying to like build up kind of thing. So it's linked with that. And, oh, potentially. Um, I think like Screenbox, which I think is Shudder in the, I think you Shudder is Screenbox in America. I, I think. Look, no, Shudder is in Shudder. Is, in is the Shudder US, its yeah. own? I thought Screenbox was part of the same thing. But anyway, but I think Shudder was, uh, or Screenbox or whatever that is then in America is um, a similar part that played into the production and stuff. But yeah. But no, the, the idea that they are kind of pumping into that area is, is definitely an interesting. But the f- good thing is that they will give a range, they will just give a range of horror and it allows different genres of horror to build yeah. and stuff like that. There are there are some parts of me. I know Paranormal Activity started it. And I like, you know, um, obviously you said about the remakes and before this, we obviously had so many that it, the majority, there wasn't many original horrors being made at that point in time. It was pretty much just less mine old IPs and yeah. whatever we can take from it. And, and again, so they were disappointed when certain ones didn't make the money when they'd pumped a couple of million uh, yeah. to them. And like, absolutely, that makes that makes total sense. But it's there's definitely uh, a part. Then there are parts of me at the same time, like things like Paranormal Activity and things like the supernatural ones, like The Conjuring and stuff which I sometimes find brings out the worst in horror at the same time as yeah. the best. So there is a little bit in there that I think like paranormal activity for one, especially kind of brought up the whole idea of the jump scare yeah, as a major thing. And that became a major thing and still does pop up in horror quite a lot. And it's quite, it's a disappointing part because jump scare is more often used poorly than it is used well kind of thing. It's something that can really be effective in the right horror film. But if it's not, it's just a film that's basically just noises and bangs the whole time, which is yeah. not a good horror film. No, but like think, the majority of paranormal activity films. Yeah, I'm, I'm not huge on them. But if you know paranormal activity walked, so you know stuff like Get Out and you know other more original, yeah, Bloomhouse productions could run. I that's what I mean. Yeah, no, that's that's why I like it. It allowed certain ones to run. The amount of money yeah. that they made off of basically no budget whatsoever, like. They were literally, I think the first one was 
was it was it even in the hundreds of thousands i'm not even sure if it was hundreds of thousands I think it, I or if it was very low whatever it was but it was it was made of nothing basically yeah um so, so you've said about the bloom house compared to the love that you get for a24 and my hot take is on a24 which i don't know if it's a totally hot take because i would say the majority it's split. the majority i i feel like there's a majority that definitely like are not fan the minority are probably more the ones that are the defenders but it grows in some places and it depends on the film and it depends yeah. on the director so i said earlier about like an interesting film that that doesn't i'm not saying that all of the films are uninteresting i'm saying like what you've said with the fact that it should get an equal love for the, the bloom house stuff should yeah. get for some of those um now a24 have been have been more picky they're not a purely horror-based studio. They do make other stuff than just horror. Yeah. Um, but they certainly have a certain aesthetic, a certain theme, a certain idea that they seem to be pushing. And that pretty much seems to be across all of their films, not just horror, but including horror. Yeah. Um, the, the idea it, it's labelled as being something special, the A24 films are all kind of, these like they deserve this kind of more accolades and people say these are the ones that deserves awards and stuff like that but i don't know as as being someone who's who's watched so like we did a lot of this kind of thing like it when i was in university with film studies and things like looking at these kind of these kind of films that are some that have real world themes and some that don't and the yeah. differences between what makes one better than the other and what makes one special than the other? And my major problem half the time of A24 is because they, and I'm going to say shoehorn in real world films, or they try to make a drama and they shoehorn in the horror. But I don't think they necessarily ever make a perfectly great horror film or a perfectly great drama, but they bring the two together to make you feel like this is something more than it is. And I just overall find so um, that quite often I don't feel that they actually expand on the themes that are in the horror film. So all of the ones that I've seen, I feel like it's all obviously left very like open yeah. in most of their films. It, it's not really dug deep into. They, they'll take things like body horror and they'll, they'll take things like real world like the loss and grief and they'll build on those themes kind of thing and they'll use the horror to represent the grief and the loss or in some of them they use body horror or or facial deformities in not very nice ways you yeah. know a lot of those kind of things um but i always i don't know i always feel like they have a like this the scripts for a lot of them have a very limited idea of what it is actually like that they don't really dig very deep into them. And because they leave them open, I feel like people take this as, a, oh, we can all read into them. But when you've made loads of films that all have very similar kind of real world themes and they're all left very open for people to read into them, that to me screams more of, you don't really understand the theme you're talking about. You're using a theme to your advantage to make your film look more almost award worthy than yeah. it actually is like accolades like as if i'm go i'm making a film not just to be a good film i'm making a film because i think people are going to see this as a higher form an elevated horror which i hate that term yeah <laughs> yeah I think um, and a24 are the epitome of the elevated horror 
They are. They are the studio that are the elevated horror. And I'm not saying that all of their films, I'm not saying their films are bad. I just think that there's a certain level that people put onto them, which I just don't find overall is better than a lot of other horrors that don't have to shoehorn in these themes. And I can't find that. I would, I know that there are a few people, but I would like to find someone who would tell me that they'd rather watch The Lighthouse or Midsummer over the majority of more classic horror films, that they'd have more fun watching those films again and again and again, instead of watching a cla- like other ones that we would consider more classic yeah. horrors. I, I see your point, Bert, and I'm, I'm really split on it, because until recently, I mean, both of the, the films that we did, the divisive films, um, Midsummer yeah. and Lighthouse, both of them were A24, because let's be, like, like, we put, like you've just said, A24 within the horror community and horror films does seem to be very split. And like you said, it seems to be almost more like about making something elevated and kind of making it feel more than it is almost. Um, And when I look at some of the films, particularly like the ones that I've seen in the past, so Hereditary, I thought was okay. Midsummer, I thought was okay. Lighthouse, I thought was fucking banged. Ex, um, ex Machina, but that's not a horror film. Um, and then it comes at night. Ex Machina is okay. Like again, like Ex Machina is a film I was really excited to see. It's not a horror film, but again, oh. a, a, there was just something that was a bit that felt a bit empty about it to me. At the well, same fair time. enough. And it's the same with a lot of those well, ones to me. It comes at night. I thought was incredible. I, I, I haven't seen it comes at night. I just thought it, it was. It had potential to yeah. be really interesting. But I just thought, it, it, unfortunately for me, I felt it was very boring. And then, so I was kind of like, yeah, maybe a, maybe the A24 productions, maybe the A24 style isn't for me. And then, and then they had to go and make bodies, bodies, bodies. This, and yeah. they had to go this and This is the Ty second West. part of my argument. Exactly. And, but this is, so X and bodies, bodies, bodies is my exception. But also why that, so... All of those films before, yes, Hereditary and Midsummer were a fair hit. The Lighthouse had extra because it got thing. There is still a major part of me with The Lighthouse that says whether that is even a horror film, to like, be honest, I in my mind. Because there's a part of me that thinks that's more of an existential kind of dramatic kind of life than it is even horror. So there's a part of me there, Hereditary and Midsummer, we've talked about before. You know, I, I think there are certain themes and certain things, but overall I found that they're, you know, as we've talked about before, they are... They are films that I felt very much ripped off other great horror films and used them to their own advantage. They have some really good scenes, but the controversial opinion that we both shared at the time with Ari Aster, great director. I don't think his scripts are very good. No. I think some of his dialogue is stunted. I, I think I think Midsummer was basically again i'm going to say the wicker man was it was basically it was the wicker man it was the plot of the wicker man with grief brought into it basically yeah a major theme of grief and a fantastic performance is yes he, he makes good performances out of actors i just don't think that his scripts are that good i'd like to see someone else write a screenplay for yeah him, and i think he'd knock it out of the park and it wouldn't be quite so divisive but now for me um this is why i think I don't believe that they've made a truly um, now X embodies was it. before that. I don't think that they've made a truly great horror film. I feel like they've made either films that are very dramatic or films that had horror elements, but I, they never completely feel elevated horror always 
these ones that they define within this category is because they never they say elevated because they say it's real world you know the re recent scream kind of summed it up kind of yeah. <laughs> the idea that they have to like bring it oh it's it's horror but it has to have these extra real worldly themes that kind of bring it up above the other source material the idea of that and it's like it, you basically you've taken a dramatic script and you've gone right i'm either going to add horror to this or you've taken a yeah. horror film and you've gone what can we add to this to make it it's great that we're trying to have that further opinion well, i just don't think they knock out of the park yeah my thing is they've always just to comment in they've all yeah. i mean horror has always had these themes in it yeah, yeah for me it it feels like a24 is more heavy-handed with its themes that's so, what i mean I, I that's what i mean i feel like it's trying to push it more on the face and i actually feel like there are so many great horror films out there that have used these themes and they've done it nicely and subtly and it's in the context of the horror itself the horror in a lot of the films were actually showing these things Whereas a lot of A24's one, I feel like, is here you go, in your face, it's right there, there you go, you know what I mean? Take it kind of thing, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to go to that, so they've made all of these films, but the vast majority of them are actually not majorly hits. They've been made for a certain budget. Hereditary and Midsummer were, and The Lighthouse was, but they haven't. They've not done like a Bloomhouse knockout of the park, like we've made a major profit on this no, kind no, of film, no. kind of one. Um, and and they've generally been a very divisive film, as they are. Yeah. Um, I think to me, bodies, 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 and X show where the studio is starting to recognize that they can't keep making the same content. I think bodies, bodies, we've got two films in the same year that are both with more main, more kind of clear mainstream kind of actors, not like niche or character actors like kind of mainstream i know florence Pugh is obviously big but she, when she made Summer, she was still on the up she wasn't like summer was kind of a lot but it's all but it's it's ones but i don't think some of the films weren't ones that kind of spoke to certain younger audiences or or drew in general kind of horror audiences and these two films felt like they were very marketed and very sent towards like classic horror fans yeah and x is a almost like it has certain themes that it's very interesting um, but it is a classic it's, slasher at the end of the day. That, and that is one thing I, I will give props to A24 is they've mm. they've given Ty West, who I think is an incredible director. Yeah. Ty, for me, Ty, Ty West is, um, is, is, he's almost like the non-metalhead version of Rob Zombie. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, most of Ty West's films he makes as like a 70s kind of throwback fight. he uses the cameras of it yeah. you know he uses that theme and a lot of shots and editing like so it. as if Rob Zombie was a good director basically. yes he's like if Rob Zombie <laughs> was a good director um but he's made some bad controversial films. controversial and the fact that they've given they've gone you know what make a slasher trilogy film two yeah. of them at the same time yeah. release one and then don't tell anybody else you've got a prequel coming release it in the same year it's incredible yeah you know i, I was gonna watch pearl last night i was very excited to have a go at that yeah um yeah no that's what I mean. but i i think and again bodies 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 is again i'm not saying that that one is so that one has got real world themes and it is very and that one is a little bit heavy-handed with like the point it is trying to make within its satire but it was fun. It was fun. It was a fun film. I know some people don't like it. And again, they don't like, and the part of it that most people I've heard don't like it though is mainly because they say that, that the characters are unlikable, which I feel is like they're missing the point because that is kind of, the yeah. point. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just think there's something in the films that 
with those two new films, I f- don't know, but I, I, by looking at the films, I feel like this was them a little bit being more like, we can, we can have both. We can make those ones, yeah. but we do need to start making some that are going to open us up a little bit more. Because right now I feel like A24 is so closed off in its own little area that only certain people really like it and certain people don't. And I, I think they've, I think almost going back to your one about Bloomhouse, I think A24 wishes they were <laughs> I wish they, I think they wish they were making the content that they were able to. Because if you look at some of the ones like the, the Witch and the Green Knight, like the things like that, some of, some of those very applauded, but they were not, they were not, they were not big, like they were not successful yeah, they were money wise. You know, money I mean? they're not yeah. making, A24 is not making tons of money. You know what I mean? Bloomhouse yeah. is making shit tons of money. Yeah. And somewhere between a successful studio, you have to find the balance between the two. And again, I'm not shitting on the film. I found Midsummer and Hereditary perfectly fine. I just think they're overrated horror films. Yeah, I think in the vast general, and 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 that's not just Ari Aster's one. Uh, the Lighthouse, I love the Lighthouse, but I'm not sure that's a horror film in my head. Like, the, I I don't know. After we left it, I kind of was like, like, I don't think that it quite is really. Um, but it has certain things about it. But the vast majority of it, I don't know if I'd put it there. But yeah, it's it's overall. There's a thing between Blue House and Horror. Yeah. I'd say, but again, and but again, there'll, there'll be people calling us out, being like, we're the, again, we're just basic Blue Houses for the basic bitches. And yeah, A twenty four is for those that have higher mindset who, who will rise to a higher form. Of being <laughs> yeah, it's one bigger. Day. You got to have a seriously high IQ. Yes, exactly. You've got to be there. There's, there's depth apparently that we don't understand, which is fine because. I could probably write one of the scripts. All I need to do is leave it nice and ambiguous. Yes, the whole time. And people will say that my films are misunderstood and that they are higher form when really you know. I just didn't know what the fuck I was <laughs> yeah. talking about. Yeah. So I decided to just leave it ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to read out some, uh, some horror hot takes mm-hmm. and I'm going to read them uh, and I will let you judge how hot they are <laughs> let's just see and then you can do them back to me um so over on twitter i put out i, I put the bat signal out and it was greatly answered um so you can find us on twitter and uh instagram at cmdh podcast uh make sure to come and check us out because we always put the episodes we're doing and we always want to get some feedback and kind of read out you know the audience on it yeah um and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> so the first one is from a super, super slash bros podcast um, by our boy Red Fox. He does many podcasts and he's spinning plates. Um, so he said that the screen movies are vastly more rewatchable in a marathon than Halloween, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. I agree. You agree. <laughs> I, I find them all like, I, I love all of those, but I find Scream very, very, I find it's the most accessible horror yeah. horror franchise. Well, that did start a war between uh, Super Slash Bros and Four Nerds by Nerds. <laughs> uh, so go to our Instagram if you want to check that out. Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say, my, the, was that on Instagram or Twitter? <laughs> Instagram. No, Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Um, I was going to say. Brain said, uh, now, this is a hot one, I thought. Uh, Brain said, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's literally pronounced it. It's, literally, it's spelt like it. Brain. Brian. 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 Brain. Brain. Brian. Hopefully we've got it right. <laughs> uh, the 2000s saw some of the best and most exciting horror releases, but people only want to talk about the old classics, most of which haven't aged well. 
but she did give it each. I mean, each a there's, kiss. A, I mean there's a there's an oh, there's an openness to that because we don't know exactly which one she's deeming classics. I get, and I said that word earlier, and in your head it's like, well, what do you mean by? Are we talking Universal Monsters yeah. classics? Are we talking black and white? Are we talking Alfred Hitchcock film? Or are we talking Halloween? I'd be talking the classics. I'm talking about those. Like, I'm assuming those ones. Um, I can't say. I, I don't, there are very few of those I don't think have. Like, I think most of them have aged very well in my head. And um, the 2000s, I, I mean, it, it's a very, yeah, I mean, the, I'm not going to have anything against it because it's, Mar, it's, it's well, our it's, era. Yeah. So there are certain films we're going to have a nostalgia for that someone who was born in the 70s or like, yeah. it, or, or a different time than us is going to be like, that's a piece of shit because there's always yeah. a certain thing. Oh, if you course. were born in the 60s and you got to live through the 70s and 80s as like a young kid teen, then you're going to fucking think Texas Chainsaw Halloween and like Friday the 13th can't be beaten. Whereas you'll probably think anything made in 2000s is an, a, a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like we'll probably start to get to that. We're probably getting to that point where we'll start to be like anything made in 2020 or 2030 is absolute garbage. They don't, they don't make them like they used to. Um, I'd, so I don't know. Mixed. Okay. Um, Night of the Living podcast. The Evil Dead remake is better than the original. I, I yeah I I've heard that one before I've yeah. um I've heard that one before I I I get it I think it depends on what kind of ones you like I watched Evil Dead the, the original the overnight again with Charlotte for the, she watched it for the first time yeah enjoyed it uh, I enjoyed well I enjoyed it I don't think she enjoyed it um but I get it in one way because there is something it's a to me it's a very different film it's yeah. weird it's set, it's both set in a cabin both have some supernatural thing but apart from that. Like, I both have a book. <laughs> yeah. But apart from that, like, I know that those are very similar things, but the way the films go are very different. The real world themes that are brought to it, and I know we've just been talking about real world <laughs> yes. but there's something about the remake that is, I definitely really like. It was brutal, but it it was both, it was accessible, and I liked the, I liked the leading, um, I'm blanking on a name now, but I, I really liked the leading lady in that one. Yeah. But I... Also, Evil Dead wasn't one that I watched from a younger age, so I'm not as nostalgic. For someone who was more nostalgic of that kind of film, there are loads of things to like about it. There are, there are certain things in that that haven't aged completely well, yeah. like certain makeup things. That's why they went back and remade it. Yes. Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is good. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I still think, um, I think to me, I think they're both great. They're just different. Okay. Very different. I don't know. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I'm I, having all the opinions. No, I, I think that the remake is better than the original. Okay. But yeah. I don't, but I think Evil Dead 2 is the goat of yeah, the franchise. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this is from our guy, Cy, over at Cy Marion Horror Fan. Um, the remakes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween are both better than the vastly overrated original counterparts. That is a hot one, I'd say. I wouldn't agree, but I'd say it's, it's definitely a spicy take. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know where to go. <laughs> that's a that's a hot that's a hot take that we'll definitely yeah. slip in. We'll, we'll leave that stealing. We'll leave that stealing there. Yeah. Podferatu, Psycho Pod- is a Christmas movie. Sorry, what was that? Psycho is a Christmas movie. Now here is the uh, here is the evidence. Um, okay. I can't find the rest of it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> remember. I, like, I, I literally, like, I've, I've watched that film several times, analysed it, and I can't even remember any reference to even being happening around Christmas. In fact, it's hot 
Well, that's but what I always... Because it's the, it could be because of the part of America it's in, because some parts of America are just hot for the year. Well, that's what I always assume. So here is the evidence of the case, because I went down this rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so as Marion leaves town, you can see Christmas lights on the light poles. She sleeps on the highway, then checks into Bates Motel December the 13th and gets killed. Her sister finds Sam Loomis and says she didn't hear from Marion all weekend. So let's assume that now makes it Monday the 12th. Um, or the 18th, because the first scene opens on December the 12th. Cut to Sam and Lila meeting the sheriff and his wife after church. That makes it Sunday the 24th, which okay. is interesting. Well, there's, okay, I didn't really, I didn't, I don't think I'd ever noticed the All dates of those. I'm going to go for one last one. Is it a Christmas film? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always thought it was a summer film. Um, and one last one from um, our friends over at Scaring Sam, who will be back shortly. The Shining is a great film. It's just not a great horror. The Shining is a great film. And it's a great horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. There you I, I think there's plenty of scary things in that let, film to let, say. Let's hear yours. I'm your... um, on, uh, on Insta, there was a couple... Um, Swamp Gnome said that 90 horror, 90s horror movies aren't that bad. And again, I, I've heard lots of hate for 2000s. I didn't realise 90s got so much hate, but I guess it was at a point when the early 90s was a, a kind of a dead stall. That's yeah. why, it's why, like, say, Scream and things like that was, was said to reinvent it, because yeah. by the end of that, there were basically the early 90s. If you look at a lot of early 90s horror films, I will admit there is a lot of like a lot of like fun in that kind of slashery kind of way, but a lot of horror movie and this is in general a lot of horror movies, but a lot of them had kind of they were still in. It felt like they were still the eighties. They were nineties yeah. films that felt like they were still looking so back yeah. at what had worked, and they hadn't really thought of how to bring it up to age, kind of thing. Yeah. Like they were all stuck in the time. Um, he also um, he also said, "I'll take a low budget slasher." any day of the week over elevated horror okay a bit of trash horror <laughs> I'd, uh, i think i'd agree with that yeah you'd uh, rather eat from the bins than the restaurant <laughs> i get it <laughs> um yeah and i did have another one but now i can't even find it so i don't actually know where that's going no <laughs> um it does i i i believe one of them was actually similar to my point which was about nightmare on elm street that jack o'hurley is a good um is a good freddy krueger oh i know what the other one was it was at discount josh and uh he said that um mike flanagan is overrated in the horror community <laughs> very, actually that one's a, that's a hot, hot. take because i think he's banging that that one's a hot, hot take yeah yeah i i even i was throwing that one back um so yeah i and i i, I think even when he posted that he didn't realize that that was going to be made public by me <laughs> <laughs> so the hate can seep in but mainly because his partner keris who also does the discount podcast with him uh she's an absolute big mike flanagan fan so i think the hate would have come she's, from inside their house <laughs> she's a flanner fan <laughs> there we go um Queen yeah yeah, and uh, no, I can't, I can't disagree, but I, I do know that when I talked to him, one of his points was that he just felt that maybe it, a lot of the stuff is over long, and that it, it could do with a good kind of condensing or an edit. Which I'll admit, some of the stuff is some of the TV series is he's done. I really like, but they could have cut an episode or two. <laughs> I, Midnight. I don't know what could have been cut from Midnight Mass. 
I think I Midnight thought, Mass could have missed a good episode yeah, or so. I, I think it, it was. I thought it was a really good build, but there's definitely a part. Of, I think there was there was some that felt a little bit like filler that you could have put together into one episode or things like that. I think there was a little bit more urgency. Even Doctor Sleep, and I fucking love Doctor Sleep, but there is a. It's a long film. It's a long film, and there are certain parts that probably could have been kind of. I think he, the editing is the only part, but that doesn't mean I fucking love. Doctor Sleep. Well, and I love all. I I haven't disliked any of his TV series yet either. So I can't say I haven't seen a bad thing by yeah. him. <laughs> well, that leads nicely on to our well, my number one hot take, which is that Doctor Sleep is better than The Shining. Uh-huh. I, I do think. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think that The Shining is it's an all time classic, and I think I think it's great visually. It looks great. The performances are great. Um, Overall, though, I think that the uh, that Doctor Sleep does everything The Shining does, but just better. I think uh, you know, Ewan McGregor's uh, plays an, in- an incredible version of the grown-up Danny Torrance. I I actually find that the actor who came back to do um, the name escapes Dick Holleran. Dick Holleran was better than the original. Yeah. I actually thought that his his role was incredible. Um, I think that. Rose the Hat is an incredible villain. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that the the it the the thing that I liked is I really I love The Shining as a film, and then I read the book, and then I watched The Shining back, and it left out a lot. The whole, I mean, one of my favorite things about Doctor Sleep and The Shining is that Jack's alcoholism is a massive part of the story yeah. and it's a massive theme in it. And for me, the fact that that was, it, it's it, apart from, from my understanding and from what I remember, he, you know, we briefly, um, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance briefly speaks about, you know, breaking Danny's arm. And he briefly, you know, when he goes and he drinks at the bar, it's kind of it. But in the book, there's so much more. And in Dr. Sleep, the fact that alcoholism is such a large part of it, you know, mm. and even, even the horror elements of Dr. Sleep, I think are better than the horror elements of The Shining. I think that, you know, the visuals of the vampires are extremely disturbing. I think that, you know, the scene where the kid, the baseball kid getting killed yeah. is horrendous. Um, it, it's bits a very, the, yeah, the bits would go back horror. to the overlook and we see, a lot of the old monsters coming back and even the overlook itself feels a bit more fleshed out and feels a bit more like a character than it did in the original. Don't don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on The Shining. I love The Shining. (laughs) But I just think Doctor Sleep... And I I went into Doctor Sleep thinking, this is going to be shit. Because (laughs) I heard it's about soul-sucking vampires. And I was like, what? But then they just, you know, they explain for me, what the shine is a lot more, you know? Yeah. And it just seems a lot better. I, I think, um, <laughs> so it's one of those things where I, I believe, and I haven't read Dr. Sleep, the novel. I haven't read the book. I haven't read I've got it. Upstairs. Um, yeah, so I haven't read it. I would like to read that one, but I do, I do know that there are a lot of people that said that Dr. Sleep, that they think that Dr. Sleep, the book, was better than the film, whereas of the original, they think the Shining, the book, is better than 
shining as yeah. well. Um, and there's that that kind of mix, the idea that because Doctor Sleep was Mike Flanagan bringing together the original uh, like ideas kind of yeah. of the original film and the original book, and then also bringing in the story of Doctor Sleep. So he kind of merged it all into this love letter to both Kubrick, but also to Stephen King. Yeah. So he, he brought them both together, which again, and I, I think is an amazing act that he did, that oh, he managed definitely. to balance all of that stuff. He still managed to reflect what happened in the original, like things like what happened to like, you know, and we still get the idea of like, like Dick, you know, Dick Holleran and stuff like that. But, you know, he has to make some little changes, but yeah. he mainly did try to stay with certain aesthetic choices that were made by Kubrick. But the deeper themes that were shown by uh, by Stephen King's original novel. Now I've have read Stephen King's original, The Shining. Yeah, I've read that several times. I've read, I've seen the film. <laughs> I had that was my dissertation at university. The Shining was one of the films that I owned. So I literally watched that film on like a loop. So I was basically like Jack Nicholson by the end, of yeah. going mad <laughs> from seeing that film. So I needed to have a big distance because there's a big difference between watching something when you had to, um, I think I had seen it before, but when I watched that, there's a big difference between having to watch it for something you have to do academically yeah. and then just watching it for enjoyment kind of thing. Yeah. So when I went back, so I remembered The Shining being a quite long, slow, kind of dull at times kind of thing. And although some of it really worked effectively, I remember overall thinking The Shining is like is, is yeah. good, but not great. Then when I re-watched it several years after I'd done my dissertation and I watched yeah. it, all of those things I remembered it by being long and slow and all of those parts completely disappeared. Probably, Probably. because I'd watched the film on a freaking loop, so it felt long yeah. because I'd been watching it again and again and again. But I remember it to me, the film actually flows really quickly, really fast. And yeah. I think there's a lot of nuance in the way that they show certain things from the book. And I think things like the alcoholism are all shown there. They just don't need to go over to the depth of Stephen King's book. Yeah. Stephen King's book's really good, but I also I found his his alcoholism part in the book actually very heavy-handed. Oh, really? I felt it was really quite in your face with it. Yeah. Whereas I feel the original film, the film actually is quite nuanced in the way that it tries to show it without having to constantly him having a bottle in his hand or constantly having to show him like trashing things up or showing that yeah. like there's certain things in Steve and I love a lot I love Stephen King's uh, stories but there are certain things when he, he tackles certain themes that I always have found that he's not the most subtle with the way he talks about certain things it's like yeah. an it the way he talks about homosexuality sexuality and things like that in yeah it. it's it's quite heavy-handed and it's not exactly it's a product of its time yeah so absolutely i'm not trash on that but there are certain themes in his films that i just felt like it's a bit like it's talking about someone who's it didn't feel like someone who's done like a huge amount of research into yeah. it. it felt like someone who maybe just who knows someone who will have had it and just kind of took what they had kind of thing yeah um so i get that there's a lot of things missing and but then again i'm also a big fan of the idea that you have to make an interpretation your own yeah and kubrick made it his own kind of thing but at the end of the day, I mean, I also believe that Mike Flanagan, I haven't read the book, so I can't make that same comparison, but from what I've heard, Mike Flanagan made it his own. And I think that yeah. Doctor Sleep is an absolutely amazing film. Bang. Like I could, and I, I will admit, between the cross between the two, I could probably re-watch Doctor Sleep more than I could re-watch The Shining. 
at this point. So yeah. in some ways, that's a point it's for a, you, it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but in another way, it's um, I don't know because it's 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 like fighting between two things that you figure. Yeah. It's like it's like me having like a bowl of spaghetti bolognese and a uh, pizza in my hand and going like, well, these are both amazing. Well, <laughs> so which one do I choose? Pizza's better than spaghetti. Bolognese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people pasta would choose that as their Italian choice over the pizza, but it's like pasta or pizza. It's yeah, like, I guess both are amazing. You know, or it's like Joey with the what is it? <laughs> The, the 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 peanut butter or they put those hands together <laughs> like the old friends joke you know no man yeah. I, haven't, I haven't watched it for a long time <laughs> I think you've watched it more recently than I have and I, I don't finished even, it before you I don't even remember yeah yeah um, let's anyway your last thing see so yours is film specific and I thought I, I, I had some specific. I had some that were really film specific or a studio specific yeah. Um, and and the, there are certain other ones that I came up with, but I'm not going to delve into it because they were kind of just like touch it. But I mean, I'm going to I'm going to swing for a bigger. Oh, here we I'm going to swing for a big, and this is a general one, and this can be taken, and this can be this one could be talked about for ages. We'll we'll stay we'll stick like kind of just short with it. But yeah. um, I think in general, from the amount of times, and including the amount of times I've watched. Horror. I think I've watched more horror films this month than I have in freaking years. I've yeah. been constantly like streaming through like whatever horror films I can find. Um, I have a general consensus though that it is very hard to make a truly great horror film, and that most horror films, although not bad horror films, as a general idea, would not be good films. Most horror films are actually not good films. <laughs> As a horror podcaster, I'm saying that I think in general, most of the ones that people have pointed to me towards or put me towards, in terms of horror, I can say that that is a good like horror film. Yeah. Like it's it's got slash, it's got kills, it's got things like that. But in terms of plot and depth, it's non-existent. And this is in if you go on to most streaming sites and just pick out random horror films or 80s horror films, 90s horror films, 2000s horror films especially. A lot of those ones are pretty much just someone with some kind of weapon that kills someone. Yeah. And it's just a repeat of the same film. If they did that in any other genre, people would, you know, and they have done that in other genres. But if they did such a, an amount of the array of films that they do off the same idea, the amount of films that ripped off Friday the 13th or Halloween and basically did the same concept again and again and again and again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Edge of the Axe and The Burning and, you know, all of those. Yeah. All of these films that we have are the same one. But if you made a comedy and then you made 50 other films that were the exact same film, well, most of those would never even get recognised because they're just like, you just ripped off that film. It's shit. I, if you made a drama, if I, if I tried to make Good Godfather and then as they did with several others... Then they tried to make several films that were basically The Godfather, and they got ripped to shit because they're like, "This is a shit film." But with horror, you get away with it because you're just making another slasher, another <sighs> amount of death from people. I kind, I kind of understand what you mean, and I think that is a very hot take. <laughs> I don't think I necessarily agree. Um, I definitely like, I when I'm watching them. I just I tend to find that although I can enjoy it from a fun perspective of this is yeah. people dying and this is what I enjoy. I also think it's why horror is deemed as a lesser type of genre because we have such a high impact of poor quality films. Well, <laughs> I know I, I know what you mean, but I think it's it's the like I think that comes to like the cyclical nature 
of film, you know? I think, yeah. for instance, like Jaws, you know, Jaws comes out and then everybody sees that they are making a film about a giant shark. So then you get, you know, hundreds of rip-offs of that. And yeah. there's, I guess, you know, potentially, there's only so many times you can tell the same story. And I think with horror, you because of you know horror trends you do get repeat you know you get what's hot at the moment like like a slasher film you know the core is that it's somebody in a mask killing people but then you the only real things that you get to potentially play with are what what's the motivation behind this yeah but that but that is but that is kind of the point of the fact that if I was to put that, and that's why, if I was to put that same kind of idea in a lot of, in most other genres, yeah. if I did that same thing, it would be deemed as a less quality of film. It would right, be deemed think, as yeah. not a good film. I don't think you can. Yeah. Like, and it's really hard to do that. But we've got so many, like horror has so many that have been made kind of thing. Like it has yeah. such an output because horrors are deemed as easier to make and horrors are deemed as like a certain kind of quality. But it just it just is that in in the general that a horror film can be very fun and they can be good at parts of it. that doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad. But I think in general, especially when we've got this repeating trend, the reason we come back to films like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, or The First Nightmare on Elm Street, or those kind of films, is because the reason we keep pointing back to the thing or certain John yeah. Carpenter's work, not all of John Carpenter's <laughs> work, um, is because that's the one that made it. The rest of them are just rip-offs and therefore the rest of them are perfectly enjoyable films, but they're not necessarily good films then. I don't know. They're just kind of ripping off the same thing. That is a very hot take. I'm saying that, yeah, I'm literally throwing out right now that although I love horror films and I think it's fun to be had. So I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between if you can have fun with it, then that's great. Anyone that doesn't have, you can't have kind of an enjoyment within horror. I think if you can't have fun, with it in some kind of way, then that truly is a terrible kind of film. But I think as a general kind of filmmaking standpoint, some of them can be really well made in a lot of ways. But if you really break them down to the plots of the film, if you break cinema down to like a plot of a film, then a good film is literally all about characters and plot. And the vast majority of horror, because of so much horror that's made, is not very good. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's to do with the money, like you said. That's what I mean. It's because it's, it's, it's so easy to make and we pump them out so much kind of thing that we don't get as many of dramas, comedy or that as we do of that. But I'd say some of those things you have to, if you don't have a good structure, a good plot, a good story, a good character, then the drama is not going to go anywhere. You're going to be like, this is shit, I'm turning it off. If, if you don't have a comedy that isn't hard enough to actually be funny, then it's fine. But with horror, as long as you're killing someone, then you're in some way getting away with it. But if you really analyse it and look and compare it to a great horror film, like say Halloween or The Exorcist or Evil Dead or whatever it is, if you actually compare a lot of these horror films to them, then in general, a lot of them are like subpar. (laughs) I don't know. Can you say that of every genre? You know, There there are definitely, uh, you can say that of a lot. I just think, I think horror is the one out of all of them that just has such a mass output that you can put that in general. Yeah. The same reason why Bloomhouse has as has a, 
a lot of good films. Yeah. But probably have more, more bad films than they have good films. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I think it's... <laughs> that's why it's yeah. a hot take. It is a very hot take. I think that's why. I wanted to end on the hottest of takes, that is which is just that horror takes. films in general just... Like, I can just take it a certain way. There are plenty in every other genre of shit films and shit rip-offs of other films, but we do the rip-off cinema in horror more than I think any other genre of film does. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with you on that. Except, for, like, sci-fi is the only one that's very hard as well, because yeah. sci-fi is very, like, how many times can you do a spacecraft? Yeah, I'd agree with you that there's more rip-offs in horror than there are in other genres. But I don't think I'd agree that there aren't that there are the most of them aren't good films, you know. Because mm. I yeah. think you know, for you can you can you can get some ripoffs that are great films, you know, and then you can get some you can get some especially indie horrors or not so blockbuster horrors that are doing trying something new, yeah, and coming up with something new and are you know absolutely banging yeah yeah no absolutely that's why like you can have i'm not saying a rip-off horror can't be a great a a good film or a great film um and that certain ones can't be but there are just there's a mass majority that don't try something new just be a standard horror and there's a lot of them out there oh yeah no (laughs) when i scan through them like like and i find that just most i you got to feel that it outweighs the balance yeah. of how many bad horror films have been made. <laughs> yeah. Or how many horror films just are like, are, are fun to watch, but they're not really trying anything new or anything different. They're just another kind of throwaway slasher or throwaway bang, 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 supernatural mm. horror film or, you it's, know, whatever yeah. it is. It's very, very hot take. Yeah, we're going to end it on... We a, will end I'm it. going to end it on something that will end people listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, they will. This is the end of our podcast. There it is. They will drag you outside. Yeah, of I was say. <laughs> uh, Next time it will be Welcome to Castle <laughs> to Hell with uh, Robbie and uh, someone called Dave. Dave. Or <laughs> you replaced me. <laughs> your animated course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we hope you've enjoyed uh, this kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, horror hot takes. Uh, like we've, we've read some out so you know come and let us know your horror hot takes over on twitter and uh, instagram at cmth podcast remember to subscribe and to leave us a lovely review so that the show does grow remember these hot takes have been tongue-in-cheek <laughs> everybody's entitled to their own opinion <laughs> i thought i had to say that at the end just in case <laughs> you know how some people are um, oh, yeah, yeah. and we will see you next week where we will be discussing our favourite creepy creatures. Goodbye.